Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game. Obviously, if you're on Twitch with us, we apologize for the delay. And if this is on YouTube, then you don't even know what we're talking about. Uh, Jim, why don't you get us started with what you're drinking, and it better be something other than Yangling Light. Uh, yeah, it's something other than Yangling Light. It's Coors Light, because I'm cleaning out my fridge. <laughs> yeah. God Jim. Jim, Jim, why don't you have a uh, you know some kind of nice thing to read about it? It's uh, it's Rocky Mountain Smooth, Bry. Uh, let me see here. Is it, is it cold <laughs> lager? Is it cold packaged? It's oh, it's blue. The mountains are blue. That means it's ready to drink. So I'm good to go. <laughs> I, I I'm curious how old that thing actually is. It tastes a little skunked. I'll, I'm not gonna lie. All right. And so my beer fridge I'm decided to die, so I'm trying to kill off what I can. <laughs> Nice. All right. So today I'm actually pouring it as we speak. I'm drinking the Voodoo Hoodoo. It's a PA brewery. I forget exactly where. It doesn't seem to say on here. But um, it's a IPA 7.3%. So it's a strong son of a bitch. Actually, really cool label. If you can see that on the camera, it's got a nice little skull on it. Um, some interesting writing. And I'm going to steal Jim's uh, shtick and read the label. So, forged in the bowels of the Meadville Bayou, this IPA ushers your soul down a twisted journey on the seven seas. This voodoo brew will incite your dark side and open a portal to your hoppier senses. The Seven Seas Alchemy concoction of seven different hop varieties, starting with the letter C, conjures your taste buds into a piney citrus paradise fit for a hoodoo doctor. You'll love the spell this beer cast on you from the first sip. I've already had one of these. The most inter other interesting thing about it is uh, it's going to be tough for you to see in this camera, but uh, it's not filtered. So it's not really like a Hefeweizen or anything where you're going to see chunks, but it's a little murkier than most IPAs are. It is a delicious, ugh, delicious son of a bitch. And yeah, if you can get your hands on any voodoo stuff, try it out. Sounds interesting. Yeah. All right. So let's... Uh, Start jumping into topics, Jim. You can introduce us because I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> because just because, great transition there. Yeah, nothing but the best. <laughs> I'm actually right. doing it off my laptop instead of the phone this time. So, all right, first article. Well, look at you fancy. Yeah, I know. I'm all fancy tonight. Got my blue Yeti going, so finally have a uh, more decent mic than Rock Band as well. I'm all kinds of fancy pants today. <laughs> First article, five things beer drinkers are doing wrong. This is coming from the Thrillist.com and Biggest Mistakes by Zach Mack. And actually it was published in 2014, but I just found it. So they recycle a lot of their articles apparently on Twitter. So some of the yeah, things... fucking article. It's a little pretentious. Yeah, well, read, read some of the... Yeah, read some of the points. Goddamn ridiculousness. Alright, so first thing you're doing wrong, you are frosting your glasses. How dare thee? So, yeah, he's All saying right, it's a so, big myth about the unbridled joy of a chilled glass. I read this article earlier, so I don't need to have it in front of me. But reading this, uh, first thing I'm going to say about this article, factually, some of the things this guy is saying, it might be true. But like Jim alluded, this guy is such a pretentious little prick. Um... <sighs> 
People, he's complaining about people who frost their glass. And guess what? Gemini, for many beers, that's how we preferred it. For no reason other than we enjoy a goddamn really cold beer. Yes, that might not be the technical correct way to drink a beer. We're not Brits. But sometimes you just, yeah, sometimes you just want something cold. So, yeah, this guy, he can he can go fuck his sister. So, wow. what's the number two? All right. Uh, <laughs> or you're drinking your beer too cold, which he might actually kind of have a point here. He says it in a cunty way, but, like, I've noticed when we've done our beer reviews and even just drinking them how the flavor profile can really change as it goes from cold to warm or even vice versa. So, there might be some merit to that. No, and, and that's, that's what, you know, like I said, it's absolutely factual. You will not completely get all the flavors of most ales. In lagers, you could probably get away with cold. Most ales, you really do need to kind of almost get close to room temperature to really get the full flavor. So it's not wrong, but once again, uh, I think if you just want a cold beer, it does. you're not really going to care about that kind of shit. Yep. So what's number three? Next up, you are storing it in the wrong place. We're using the wrong container. Yeah, uh, that's just, I just suggest that for anyone. Obviously, the the whole the beer is skunked is, uh, it's just a definite issue for if you keep that shit in the light, it'll go bad. And that's true. So that's probably one of the few ones I'm actually okay with how he wrote and what he wrote about it. Yeah, and he's saying it's more a problem of, like, light instead of the usual uh, going from cold to warm to cold, which doesn't help. But he's basically saying if you've ever bought a beer out of a uh, glass container at a beer store, you're basically drinking skunked beer. Yeah, that's true. And if you ever go to a, uh, you know, if you're ever tailgating and you have, if your beers hit that light, yeah, it, it will go bad really fast. It's true. Next up, you are holding onto it for way too long. Which we kind of discussed before with um, in other articles that are saying about even beer uh, drafters who are like, yeah, we never told anyone to store their beer for two years before drinking it. Yeah, this is pretty infamous, and a lot of people make the mistake that thinking all beer is quality enough to be stored, or that's in the right container to be stored. And, you know, the best example I can think of is one we've talked about many times, but Mad Elf. It's a very delicious, very strong beer that people will hold on to for years at a time. And they'll claim it makes it less... I I forget if the claim is that it either makes it more cherry, less cherry, this or that. But, you know, Trogues has said pretty clearly you should not actually, you know, age this beer. How it comes is how you're supposed to experience it. Now, beers like 120-minute IPA from Dogfish Head or the Worldwide Stout, both of those, they clearly say on the bottle, this is a beer that is meant to and can be stored up to 10 years. So, when you have a beer, though, that's almost 18 or 20%, you can get away with it. Um, But most beers, you're really not supposed to store like that. Yep, and last up, you are just plain overthinking it. So he goes into all the different terms about IBUs and single variety hot beers, house cultivated yeast strains, and all the big buzzwords that brewers and craft snobs like to use. Yeah. That, 
is true, but like anything, if you're going to start getting into it, you're going to be drawn to the current fads right now. As we've said, IPAs and sours are the big things. So naturally, people are going to get just a base amount of knowledge of something and start talking about the IBUs as if they truly are important. You know, these are just characteristics of a beer. It doesn't define how good it is. But, I mean, I, I don't know. As long as you're not trying to eliminate beers because of things like that, I think... You know, do whatever you gotta do. Oh, Bri, real quick. I didn't even notice this until now. Yeah. Center your camera a little more on your uh, Xbox. At least for the stream itself. Gotcha. Now, see, the problem is it's auto-focuses on me. So, let me know if that's any better. Take a look at it. Um, doobie, doobie, yeah. doobie. If, it, if it's fucked up, just let me know. But we'll keep going. Alright, fuck it. We see the top half of your head. No one cares about your mouth. Alright. Ask your mother. <laughs> I knew that was coming. So did she. And I, yes, I. <laughs> Jim, why do you set me up? I, I just don't care anymore. I gave up. <laughs> All right, so what's next? All right, next up, another beer article, and we're going with beer better than painkillers. So this is a real quick one. It comes to us from independent.co.uk, and largely... What the... What was that? <laughs> I just waved at the camera so it would autofocus. Oh, God. Jim, you didn't like my woohoo? Uh, all right, at least this article's <laughs> a little recent. It's from the end of April by Rachel Hoisey, and basically it's saying, head pounding, the room's spinning, and your stomach is lurching. When you're hungover, reaching for a painkiller can often seem like a good idea. And it's almost, basically, long story short, is this is kind of verifying hair of the dog. Because apparently, over the course of 18 studies at the University of Greenwich, so Jesus. 18 studies, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure all the alumni are really thrilled about paying for this kind of research. But it's saying that drinking yeah. two pints of beer can cut discomfort by a quarter. So basically, by putting your alcohol level to 0.08, which is legal to drive, or just on the cusp of drunk driving... Uh, you can give a small elevation of pain threshold or a moderate to large reduction in anxiety or intensity. So, like, mm. duh, with this article, but, yeah, I guess there's some actual scientific research put towards you feel better if you were a little drunk. Um, yeah, that's, like you said, it's obvious. There's not much to say about that. I mean, I think if you're really needing a beer in order to, alleviate your pain then you probably have a drinking problem and unfortunately alcohol is one of those things that yeah as have we as we learned and i think that little short week in cancun we drank Ooh. our asses off and if you even took a few days like you know for a few days when i wasn't drinking after you actually didn't i actually didn't feel too hot so yeah no just uh there is a definite be careful when you're drinking there was a definite recovery period after that we, we downed a lot of tecate and a lot of long islands and a lot of money. That's how that was our that was our breakfast. Well, money was fake right then, Jim. <laughs> oh yeah, funny. Well, money was future us problem. It wasn't current us problem. That was not Cancun yeah. Jim's problem. <laughs> I think I'm still partially paying for that trip. Jesus. Yeah, that was yeah. But no, I mean it's um, uh, yeah, I agree. If you're, we Jim and I have had some pretty legendary hangovers, especially Jim. Especially with, me. What's, yeah, probably easily could have had 
I'm pretty sure you definitely had alcohol poisoning. But, I mean, if you're getting to that point where you need legit pain pills and not just downing a bunch of water or Pedialyte or coconut water to get over your hangover, then first I'd say worry about maybe drinking a little bit less. Oh. Just a piece of advice. Oh, Pedialyte. How you would become a recent staple. Actually, I've barely <laughs> been drinking lately, so after these couple beers, I'll probably be drunk by the end of this podcast. I know you're not allowed anymore. <laughs> Don't have the time. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what it is. <laughs> that's that's the story I'm going with. <laughs> Don't have the time. You like women. Whatever stories you got to go with, Jack. Hey, whatever gets me through the day, right? <laughs> Bride, don't shun right, me. So what's next? All right. So next, damn, I accept you for your lifestyle. God damn it. <laughs> so last up for the beer topics is coming from Vine Pair. Uh, com, which is called Why You Should Be Pairing Your Food with Beer, Not Wine. It is by Aaron Peters okay. at The Beer Goddess. And basically, long story short, she's just kind of making the argument that you can do just as much pairing with beer as you can do wine with food. And you'll find a ton of different articles out there. It doesn't go into it here, but a lot of people say pairings are bullshit anyway. So take it with a grain of salt, but... Yeah, she's just going into the pros yeah. of how there's so many different oh, beers, shit. so many different flavors, and how that can be, you know, leading into beer pairings and, you know, basically what we've been doing with video games for all these years with our scientific background. Yeah, um, but the one thing I, I, I wouldn't, pairing is, sub, like anything else, very subjective, and as long as it's well thought out, there's things that make sense, like certain foods obviously do go better. Like, if you're going to have a stout... You know, you shouldn't be eating hot dogs with it or something like that. You know, there are certain foods that make more sense to drink with certain things. Um, but as far as being better than wine, the one thing I will say is there's a significantly larger number of styles of beer than there are wine. So just from that alone, you have more variety. Uh, That's kind of what the article was getting though, to. Yeah. So, oh, double hit. God damn um, Jim, I just shot a zombie through his face and it hit another one in the chest. Don't say that's not impressive. <laughs> I just won't say anything. Though. But, but no, I mean, in general, I think that's at least an interesting topic, if not just one that's, you know, trying to get as many views as it can to be a little bit off topic. All right, let's move <laughs> on to beer topics now. Well, we just left beer topics, Jim. God damn it. Well, so much for me being a professional. Uh, on to the gaming topics, then. Right. <laughs> Go ahead. Bitch, 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 bitch. Alright, so as we start or as we've started to start lately, what are you playing currently? What are you doing in your free time? Hmm. A major one right now, other than obviously Army the zombie army trilogy game. Uh, I've been playing through Bloodborne. Uh, that's a long son of a bitch and a hard son of a bitch, as most of you know. Uh, that's kind of my my big go-to. That, and I'm actually going back through Fallout New Vegas at this time. Ooh. Uh, as I was talking, if you were watching on Twitch, as I was talking with Snarcast, next week the Friday the 13th game comes out, which is one I will absolutely be getting. So that'll be the new game I'm going to be trying. But, uh, yeah, right now those are the... The main ones I'm playing. Yeah, and for me, I really haven't been playing all that much. Um, 
I guess between having a couple minutes here and there to play some Fantasy Zone, I've been doing a little bit of Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. Not the new one, but... Yeah, outside of that, I haven't been doing too much gaming. Or, I guess, doing more Atari to try and finish up those videos, finally. Ugh. Hey, you, you chose that life. I did choose this life. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can get six videos out of this. What a great idea that was. Yeah. It's so easy, isn't it? Oh, it's so easy. It's just after a while, there's so many times <sighs> I can play 3D chess and 3D tic-tac-toe where I don't want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um... Any games that, I mean, obviously we've talked already about new games coming out, ones we're excited for, but, I mean, with your limited time and, you know, is there a new game that you're definitely going to make time for to um, go out and get? Well, uh, Fractured But Whole isn't coming out till October, so I'm definitely going to get that once that comes out. And I actually just lately picked up, uh, what are they, Titanfall 2 and Transformers Devastation, so I'm finally going to give them a shot. So they're newish within the last two years or so. Hmm. What about oh, Injustice? Too? Yeah, I began Injustice. Almost forgot about that. <laughs> I have to beat my buddy uh, Snark ass. <laughs> Jim, you couldn't beat your <laughs> I'm doing it right now. That's why I'm sitting at a table God for this it. one. Uh, okay, no, that's cool though. Nah, good, uh, good topic. Good topic. Good nice. job. Good, good job with the old standby. All right. <laughs> so the first one it wasn't a direct question, but the, there's a guy on Twitter uh, who we've been following forever called Retro Joe, and he basically had a thing where he recently sold off a ton of his collection just because of space issues, getting some money, and just being kind of sick of having all the clutter. So he kind of put the idea out there where if you had to sell your collection and keep two systems, what would you keep? Hmm. Saw that. I actually really liked this topic. It was definitely hard to think of. But just trying to be more logical and reasonable versus nostalgic, uh, I narrowed it down to the two I feel best with. First one being my PS2 Slim Edition, if you will. Uh, just because I that's probably the system I have the largest library for. And the ability to play PS1 games is huge. So I like that right there. Which that's another one I have a crazy big library for. Um, and then the second would probably be my Xbox 360. Uh, that one, once again, ton of Xbox games for. And I have the, the ability to play my old Xbox games on there. Uh, I just love the variety of games, um, and quite frankly, whether you like it or not, oh, did I just get a triple? No, I got double. Um, NES, Super NES, Sega Genesis, I can just emulate. So, if I didn't have them, it wouldn't kill me. Uh, yeah, I th that's definitely my choice. Like I said, I'm trying to be just more logical, less... Yeah, emulating is a... Good reason. I'm gonna go in a weird direction. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna pick the Genesis, just for oh, Jesus. No, don't. So I'm picking the Genesis because it's. I've said it a thousand times. It's my favorite console. I have a huge library for it, and I'm kind of in the thing where if I'm only gonna keep two systems, I all the disc-based ones they kind of don't last as long as the old cartridge-based consoles do so they're a lot easier to maintain and 
eventually discs can get fucked up, all that shit. So I'm going to kind of keep it cartridge And I'm really having a hard time deciding whether going to cartridge and just really interesting route of the turbo or the love I have for my 362. I do Jesus. love my 360. I have a shitload of games for it. So just for having a huge library, I might have to give that the edge, but... Yeah, the Turbo is a strong contender for me right now, even though I have a pretty small library for it. Bro, I love my Turbo. I love my Hue cards. Okay. I just... God damn it, Jim. You're so weird. Um, all right, then let me ask you this. Of all the systems you have, what would probably be the first to go? If um, First to go? Probably... Well... Probably my original Xbox, because a lot of them I can play on my 360. But I guess if you're taking that out of the equation, maybe my Dreamcast. Because I, I don't have that many games hmm. for it, and it's a great console, but it's just one I never get around to really either collecting for or playing that much. And I like the games I have for it, it's just I don't have enough nostalgia, I guess, to want to keep it around. Which... And Jim... Can you just at least be honest and say that the Dreamcast is way better than Turbo mm, Graphics? No. <laughs> God damn it, nah, nah, the Dreamcast is a better console just because it has a bigger library. And the library is pretty solid overall. Oh. No. And the better. <clears throat> it's. Come on, don't be Penny Loafers. Penny kid. Loafers, kid. Don't you fucking dare. Yeah, thank you. Think about it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think if I had to think about the one I would be most willing to get rid of first, probably be my PS3 uh, because it's a good one like too. Most people, I got that to to be my Blu-ray player. I do enjoy the the games I have for it, but like Jim just said, I don't have a ton for that system. So nostalgia is not an issue, and. I have a PS4, so I don't, you know, I'm fine with just that. Yeah, Starcast is saying how the Dreamcast is easy to pirate, so it's another good one to keep around. Which, yeah, it's a good point. And actually, I I moved my PS3 upstairs for a Blu-ray. So, if I had that in front of me, I probably would have picked that actually right away. Best console to play sports games on, but besides that, I yeah. mean, I have 20-some games for it. And, yeah, it's okay. Never fell in love with the PS3. Yeah. I mean, you didn't get it for gaming. No, I actually <laughs> got it for some games, but just not enough for... It wasn't my main gaming one of the last generation. Not by a long shot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, so what's next? All right, here's kind of a um, one from left field. So I listened to this one comedian's podcast. His name's Asterios Kokonos. He's the most greek sounding name in the history of time but it's called the five minute podcast and Jesus. basically uh, patreon subscribers will give him a question and he'll make a personalized podcast for them so what one person gave in to him and i'm directly ripping off is you know how in rts games when you click on your characters they'll give you little sayings every time you click on them and they'll get more annoyed as you click on them mm-hmm. what would your voiceover reactions be for mm-hmm. your character in an rts Hmm. 
Uh, are we talking like a more realistic RTS or like a more fantasy I'm not even based? saying realistic or fantasy, but what, like, say you yourself were a character in there. And no matter what world, it would be like you in there with your personality. Hmm. Uh, are you allowed to curse with this well, song? I'm not going to stop you from cursing. You can rate it M for mature. <laughs> I mean, if it was like, I, and I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, when you keep clicking them, uh, probably be like, I don't know, fuck off or, you know, what the shit, something like that. If it's, if it's, if it's supposed to represent me getting annoyed. Yeah. I'd probably go with <laughs> one of those. So mine would kind of go in a little almost kind of how i am in my day-to-day life so first it would just me be going yeah and then the next one up would be just me giving that old defeated sigh of <sighs> then it would start to boil up from there jim your first one without a doubt would have to be okay what? yeah the what who huh? huh? what I, I am guilty of doing that who huh? but then it would just boil up from there because god damn like right say by are. the fourth or fifth click he'll click on me and i was like what Shit like that. And they'll just get angry and angry as it goes from there. Mine will kind of be short and sweet, but it'll just be instantly angry because I have no patience anymore. I'm an old 31-year-old. Yeah, mine would just be more and more obscure curses. Too much thought. I'm too busy for that. (laughs) But mine would probably start off with uh, things that would piss you off. Well, of course they would. Like asking if if they if they want to squash the beef with squad deep squad you motherfucker <laughs> or saying why don't you make it disappear <laughs> or it's not going to suck itself would that be one of them too <laughs> yep oh we yeah. can get real blue with this this will turn into a whole different game than an RTS yeah. turn different real fast <laughs> yeah that's nah, that's a very that's an interesting topic though. Uh, another beer going down. Tasting like water. But next game topic. Uh, the next two are kind of intertwined with each other. And there's kind of been a big push lately with game developers and publishers and all that. And making games more accessible for everyone. So Nintendo has a feature in the new Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on a Switch called Smart Steering. And it kind of caused a little bit of an uproar because gamers online are saying it's not fair. And basically what it is, is it's for more handicapped kind of uh, players. And it'll steer for them. And mostly what they have to do is just hit the acceleration button, maybe with minimal input steering. But it kind of what it does is it lets them play the game and not lose outright, but it doesn't give an advantage at all. There's been gameplay footage shown where people play it. They wind up in like 10th place out of 12 players every time. So it's not a breakable thing, but it's just a more inclusive way for the whole family, which is what they're going for. And outside from that is Gadgets making a controller for disabled gamers. And it's actually kind of cool because it can it's almost like a one-handed kind of deal, and it's got all these interchangeable nodules. So you can put your sticks, and you can put all your button layouts and all your triggers. Basically customize completely how you want. I think it's all held together by magnets. And basically, depending on your level of capability, you can really make a controller that's purely comfortable for you. So it's actually a really cool-looking design. Mm-hmm. And it's got... It's almost like a mouse pad with all the things around it. So it's got six nodes. You have your triggers. 
your two analog sticks, a D-pad, your four face buttons, and I can't tell what the other one is. Probably your start and select, that kind of shit. But it's actually a really cool-looking device, and especially if people can only play one-handed, I think it's a great way to let them be able to game. Hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, first of all, obviously, anything that is meant just for helping someone who's handicapped or giving someone the ability to play with any type of disability, I'm absolutely all for that. Dick. Uh, with the f- first one, though, I I thought from what I read, part of the problem was actually it it like. How do I put this? It wasn't even so much about helping someone who might have a disability or having issues. I mean, it just... It sounded like it just helped players who weren't good at the game. Because the way I was reading it, it sounded like... Well, the problem is you you sometimes have a 4-year-old playing against a 15-year-old and he's never going to win. Uh, at least that's how it was framed in that article. In a situation like that, I'm like, well... I mean, I played against my older brother in games and he would whoop my ass until I found a game I was better than him at. So, for that purpose, I feel like that should be a feature that, and I don't know if it is automatically included or you have to select it, but if it's automatic, I would say you should probably change it to, you know, obviously, if you have a kid, you're getting a video game for them. If there's an option to to help that, put that in there. But if it's just automatic, eh, maybe they don't need all that. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I grew up the same time frame as you, and if you weren't as good at a game, you're going to get your ass kicked. But, I mean, if you want to have the whole family together and not have the youngest kid get too frustrated, again, it's not really giving them an advantage either, so they'll lose no matter what. But maybe it just keeps them in it a little more. I don't know, maybe maybe I just don't care enough anymore, but games are, I guess, I think I can see the pros outweighing that maybe one con. But luckily, since it's bounced enough that it isn't giving them an advantage of any kind, I don't really have a problem with it. Yeah, it doesn't really matter right. at the end of the day. I mean, if so, I mean, like you're saying, if you're good, you shouldn't worry if it, there's something like that. As long as it's not just like giving an advantage. But yeah, I mean, I get it, and it's Nintendo, especially that first one. It's they're obviously just gimmicky and family friendly so that's what their games are built for you know it would be different if it was something like you're playing call of duty and it's like you automatically have aim assist to right, so many have that online already yeah they're just called cheaters oh yeah man. true cheaters cucks dicks assholes all the above But yeah, no, the other one, no, I think that's excellent. Um, and from what I was reading, what's the deal with that 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 controller he made? It was uh, like 125 and most or all of the money goes to a charity uh, or something. I, I forget. Let me take a look back at it real quick. It, it's a shame that, like, it's only this, there's not more things being developed, and especially from fucking companies like Nintendo who you know, want to waste all their time doing stupid gimmicks and not cooler gimmicks. Oh, yeah. The, it says a uh, portion of the 130 bucks you spend will go to the Children's Hospital and Veterans Medical Centers. So it doesn't really say what, how much of a portion, but no. hey, anything helps. No, that's and that's a really – I think that's awesome. So, yeah. Hopefully more people will do shit. Yeah, I agree. 
especially with the way technology is these days, there's kind of no reason for it to not to. So, and it's only good for the industry to have yeah. more people playing. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, next up, the from back in May, our buddy Chris Ludacris. Uh, you've maybe seen us play with him online before. Gave us the article, giving us the heads up about the video game Hall of Fame and the new inductees for this year. Yeah, I saw that. Why don't you read them off? All right. Going, going, going. All right. Do you need me to just say them? All right. So the... (laughs) Waiting, 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 waiting. All right, so... But it's definitely, no, it's definitely not, not the internet. internet. It's just me being a dumbass this time. <laughs> All right, so the original Halo Combat Evolved, Donkey Kong, Pokemon Red and Green, Street Fighter Two are all the ones in this year's class. And, yeah, I can't disagree with any of them. Yeah, that's a pretty excellent selection. Um, those are all games I think undoubtedly you, you were going to see get in. What I did find interesting was the nominees yeah, this year. Yeah, a little lower down. Now, with any Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you read right, them so off? so the finalists also included Final Fantasy VII, Microsoft Windows Solitaire, Mortal Kombat, Myst, Portal, Resident Evil, Tomb Raider, and Wii Sports. So, I think, once again, just like the ones that actually made the Hall of Fame, the all most of those titles will definitely get in eventually. I know you have a soft spot for mist in your heart, Jim. I don't know if that one fully deserves what? being in the Why do I have a soft spot? Fame. I never played it. Uh because you used to recommend it for almost like at least seven different games when we were used to do pairing. Yeah, it's an easy one to go to. See? See, dude dude doesn't even remember what he's it's doing. It's been years. Anymore. I've been drinking for three but, straight years um, for this site. What do you want? Yeah, blame it yeah. on that. But, but no, I mean, yeah. You, how could you not? I mean, I, I think what I had heard is some people were kind of, eh, about Halo being included. And no matter what your poison is, if you like first-person shooters, you cannot deny just how goddamn crazy big of an impact Halo was, especially for just consoles. Yes, obviously there were. There ones before that, ones that are bigger than that at this point, but like that. Go on. Really, Jim? But that literally just made console based, you know, land parties. That legitimately made first person shooters just crazy fun with your buddies. And I don't know. Some people, I think, just hate on it because, you know, now the overabundance, I think, easily it could be said. First-person shooters are the most dominant game style right now. So I think it's easy to hate on that since it probably could be easily considered as, you know, the father-slash-grandfather most modern. Oh, yeah, it's easily one of the most important first-person shooters ever made. I mean, it's up there with, you know, Doom, Wolfenstein, Quake, fucking GoldenEye, just on impact. Like, impact-wise, every... Uh, console-based game basically controls the way it does because of Halo. So you can't deny that. Uh, Donkey Kong, one of the most popular, famous uh, characters in arcade games of all time. Pokemon, the original two games, you really need to say anything about what those have done. 
and Street Fighter 2, the game that started the entire friggin' fighting game craze. So, yeah, really solid list. Here's the one thing I had a question for, the and I want to know your opinion. The, the Pokemon games. I mean, at what point, though, the only question I have about that is, like, were those two different enough from each other for them They're, to be in? See, the thing with Pokemon games is two games get released at the same time. So each generation, it's basically the same game, but you have to have both games in order to collect every single Pokemon. So, like, you kind of... Those two almost make a full game when fully put together, I guess. So you, you couldn't have just red without okay. green slash blue. Green was the Japanese release. North America got blue, so whatever reason that was, but... Yeah, so, no, you basically had to pair the two together. Gotcha. It was funny to see Solitaire I mean, as now, a uh, contender, though. If anything, and I think based on how, like, a lot of these things work, like, sometimes, like, the first most rudimentary games are going to be what gets, you know, put in the Hall of Fames at first. So I would have expected that earlier. Like, that, I wouldn't be shocked if you don't see, like, Minesweeper if it's not already in there. Um, but my question to you is if in future now they've got Pokemon in there, do you think there'd be any justification for putting any future Pokemon games? Or just no, probably not. Time? Cause I, the other games, I mean, they sell like crazy, but nothing had the impact that the first two Pokemon games did. Like that would be like putting Halo five in the video game hall of fame because it's a Halo game. Like it wouldn't make any sense really true so okay yeah then we're yeah. on the same page with that now let me ask you this so if you if you were gonna put if you do limit it to like just one per series would you put and i sh i'm sure one of them's already in there would you put super mario brothers or super mario brothers uh, i think super mario brothers is already in there but i'd probably put the first one for importance and like you know, legendary facts. Okay. I think like a bit. If it's going to be in the Hall of Fame, it's got to be, at least in the. This is only what the third or fourth year they're doing it. It's got to be all the big name, big impact ones. Or like you're going to take one shining example from every series. That's why here the finalists like they're saying Final Fantasy VII because that was arguably one of the biggest ones as far as success and impact goes. Yeah. Wii Sports is interesting, though. I mean, that's basically a tech demo, but it helps sell 150 million units for the Wii, so I can definitely make an argument there. No, and that's one, yeah, obviously from an actual game, it's highly questionable, but, yeah, you can't deny that that is probably the sole reason why that system sold. Oh, yeah, sold I mean, it got it. all the grandmoms to buy it. Can't deny it. You did get my parents to buy it. it. I didn't have to buy the Wii. <laughs> They're like, Jimmy, please just wipe down, baby. <laughs> no. Once I learned I can flick my wrist, it was all game over then. And I've been flicking my wrist since I was in my early teens, if you know what I'm saying. Huh? I don't. You're Jerking off, Bri. Spilling my goo everywhere. Oh. Hi hiding the bra sections from uh, Kmart catalogs as a wee lad. You couldn't even get Sears. You had to go to, to Kmart. Look, Brian, I grew up in a one-income household. I don't know what to tell you here. 
maybe you could be a fancy pants with your Sears catalog, but I took what I got from the Sunday paper. <laughs> God damn it, Jim. <laughs> All right. All so right. What's um, next? next one is another new one that we're making a staple, our gem of the week, which I didn't put any thought into. Oh, yeah. All right, so you think about yours because I know you can't do that, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I got all the topics um, this week. My, mine is one. Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. Mine is one that I'm sure Jim will have a boner about because it is a Sega Genesis Ooh. exclusive. Uh, I'm I'm going with one of my favorite games as a kid, and that's Kid Chameleon. I absolutely love the shit out of that game. Uh, for those of you who don't know, obviously I have the little picture up right here. I might put some gameplay footage. Not sure. Uh, it's actually a really long game. Essentially, you're this kid that you collect these masks and you can become different characters or, you know, I guess if you want to say creatures. But essentially you can, you know, become like a rhino and bash down battering rams. You can become a Jason-looking thing and throw axes. You can become a tank with a German helmet and shoot skulls. Uh, a samurai there's a whole bunch of crazy shit but you know the music the the just overwhelming 90s style of the game it was just excellent and once again like i said it was actually a really long game thinking back i don't know if i ever actually beat it but i played that countless times and i never got bored because you could kind of hold on to a character at some points, so you wouldn't have to be forced to change. You could just, you know, okay, I'm going to try to get through most of this level as just a samurai. Now, certain sections of certain levels, if you didn't have the right power, you couldn't get through. But still, it, it was uh, just a really fun, unique experience, and one that I never really hear people talking about that much, so... Yeah, that's definitely my, uh, my gem of the yeah, week. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good one. I haven't played it myself, but... On Twitter, you'll hear it come up every once in a while as one of those hidden Genesis games you have to get. And for as much as I love the Genesis, I don't have it and I've never played it. So it's what one I'll have to get around to uh, eventually. So mine will also be a... G what? That's because you're a poser. <laughs> yes. But mine will also be a Genesis <laughs> game. And I'm going to go with a game... I'm going to go with Mega Bomberman. So this is the only Bomberman game that was released for the Genesis. And for the longest time, I didn't even know that it had a Bomberman game. It's basically just a port of Bomberman 94 for the PC Engine. So it isn't pushing the Genesis to its limits graphically or anything. But it's a good-looking game. It plays perfectly well. And, yeah, it's a definitely good thing to have in any Genesis collection. Bomberman's good for any game system that you can get it on. So get some friends. Works with the four-player adapter. It's a fun time. Interesting. I can tell that was a quick pick. But you might see me looking at my wall and just grabbing something off the shelf. But it is a gem. Uh, I'm nothing bitch. if not honest. Or fat. Or constantly horny. You're not. You're I'm not always honest. honest. Who, are you, who are you talking about? No, you're not. You lie about everything. You're like Doug. <laughs> Uh, oh, Dougie, Doug, Doug. Maybe That's one day we'll get into that guy. Uh, all right. So all right. Next up, next? another staple. Which is better? And looks like you put this one in here. Mm, yes, you did. I put you that son of a bitch. <laughs> so I will take the reins because I'm going to have right. you answer first. So 
we always like to throw out as tough as ones as we can. And uh, one that I just, I don't know how I didn't think about comparing before. Call it the most popular multi-franchise games for Nintendo. I'm looking at the entire series, so... Which is better, the Smash Brothers series or Mario Kart series? So it's not a specific game versus game. It's the entire gamut of the entire series. So, Jim, you can go first. I love me some Smash, but I'm going to have to go Mario Kart. Um, especially if you're going the entire series, then obviously Mario Kart has a longer running series. And the games, for the most part, are really good. Maybe Mario Kart Wii is like one of the more weak ones. And a lot of people would bash Mario Kart 64 who are, like, true Mario Kart nerds, but I have too much nostalgia. I love that fucking game. So, I I can't go against <laughs> Mario Kart. I do love Smash, though. Um, I own all of them except for the one on the 3DS, and they're all great. Even Brawl. I like Brawl a lot, even though Smash nerds bash on Brawl. But, now nah, if we're going to entire quality of work, I'm going Mario Kart. Hmm. Jim, could it also possibly be? Because that's probably the game you're best at. Well, Mario Kart 64 is one of them, but, I mean, I love playing the shit out of Mario Kart 8 online, and I get my ass kicked by Asians all the time. They Pearl Harbor me left and right. Well, no, that's what I... I that, but that's what I mean. I'm talking about 64. You know... No, that's 64 is easily one of the games I'm best at, but I can still have fun getting my ass kicked in the other games. Like, Smash, if I'm getting my ass kicked consistently, I'm kind of miserable, but... When um, playing Mario Kart, I can get my ass beat and I can still have a fun time. So, I guess overall enjoyment factor, it's hard to not enjoy yourself playing Mario Kart. Hmm. Okay. I'm going the opposite. And for most of the same reasons as Jim, I'm going with Smash. Uh, see, I actually feel like that's a game... Uh, I'm To be honest, I'm not great at either game. I'm okay at best. But, like... You know, in, in our groups of friends, like, we clearly, like, Jim is the best at N Mario Kart N64, and our buddy John is the best at um, Ooh, yeah, Smash Brothers. And and the thing is, is, like, I, I enjoy both games, but I feel like you can be worse at Smash Brothers and find more fun, because if you're bad at Mario Kart, like, if you don't know all the little tips and tricks or, like, some of the control things like Jim is that friend who he'll know how to do certain things or no shit and just won't tell anybody. And that's why he'll love to play a game against guys. Uh, so when you're playing that, like, you know, there's basically no chance, even with the power ups and stuff, there's absolutely no chance you're going to ever win or even do something that's going to get you far enough where you're going to really have a good time. Whereas with smash, for example, I used to always love pissing off our buddy John because I'd be Samus and it would never work, but I would charge up that huge shot. And on the one or two times I would get him, it would piss him off so much because it wouldn't even allow me to win. But it was just something something goofy like that would always make me laugh. Plus, you always had that chance of picking up the hammer or just knocking off someone who's not paying attention. And with the gameplay being a little bit more phonetic and just faster paced, I, I always enjoyed that, so... Yeah, I gotta go with the Smash series. Alright. But I think most people probably like Kart better. Yeah, wouldn't be too big of a stretch, but... I mean, there's definitely arguments to be made for either one. And where else are you going to get that many characters together, right? 
Yeah. All right, next up. All right, so what was Got a few got? user questions here. So, from at Duns29, <laughs> what's the weirdest controller you've ever had to use in a game? I read that question. Is it the weirdest control controller? Controller. And whether it's something that you did with wow, yourself so as a challenge or that you had to use for a game, any kind of thing like that. Weirdest controller. Um. Hmm. That's. I've never really used that weird of a controller. I'm not gonna lie. Like I never used any of the, the crazy apparatuses that you can buy for games, like the, uh, like the trackball and shit like that. So, I don't have any weird controllers. I thought the question was more just about control, which I was just gonna say some of those goddamn NES isometric sports games. Those were awful. Um, but yeah, as far as actual controller. I, I can't even give you any... I mean, the weirdest controller is probably the N64 controller of normal video game systems I ever played. All right. Uh, my answer is going to be... There's actually a while, um, maybe a year, year and a half ago, where I was trying to come up with like different ideas for the site. So one was going to be doing drinking games with like wacky controllers and trying to see how well you do. So I actually... Oh, son of a bitch. Sorry. Now that you said that. I, I do right. have an answer. The goddamn, the goddamn keyboard for what? It's a keyboard. That was, it, yeah, and it's really awesome for a game. I get it. It's a typing thing. No, it was ridiculous. So that was the weirdest and goofiest controller of a game I've ever used. <laughs> All right. Used. So you've never played a PC game before? No, I have, but you know, that is basically a PC typing how fast and accurately as you can. I mean, when you were in the computer lab, I'm sure you had to do all your assignments. Me, good boy. You know, I was just slinging dick, Jim. I'm sorry. You were slinging dick. I know the you, priest you, loved you, you, Bri. The you priest got really loved good you. at typing. <laughs> Jim, you were the one Yeah, I know, but I've always been ugly. School. No one gave you a know? shit about you, me. You told... You told you, but, but you had that more cushion for the pushing. You, you were you were right. <laughs> but going back to what I was saying, <coughs> but Jim, just don't be, don't be a jelly. Stop being a jelly God donut. All right? So going back to the question. Um, so when I was trying to experiment with stuff, I went out and <laughs> tracked down a Sega Master System trackball controller, and I was trying to dick around with it with um, the original Sonic the Hedgehog and make a game out of that, just to see like how fast or well you could get through the first level, and. Yeah, I ran to a snag because mine got shipped to me and it was basically busted to shit. So I kind of got frustrated and gave up on it right away. But the little bit of it, I got to work. It was definitely a different experience. And maybe I'll try and fix it again and see if I can actually make something out of that video. But yeah, trying to use a trackball for a non-trackball game, especially a platformer, that could be a pain in the dick. Yeah, and Jim, your days of making videos alone are No, I bought this good mic for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just say, at least this is a better Son thing. Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's interesting, though. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and there's definitely, I'm sure many people out there have had, will have much better examples, because there's so many goddamn weird controllers out there, so. 
I can't wait to see. This is one I really hope people answer, and I, I really want to see some examples of. Yeah, like I can see people playing Call of Duty with like that Resident Evil chainsaw controller or shit like that. So there's definitely probably a lot of crazy crap that people have done. Oh, yeah. Oh, Christ. I think I remember seeing stuff back in the day of people beating Ocarina of Time using the the fishing controller for the N64. Like, just dumb shit. But anyway, moving on. So, from Vault 801 Dweller, if you could make your dream game, what would it be? Hmm. I feel like we talked about this. Something before, vaguely, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so for me... Uh, one idea I've always had I think would be really cool that I've never seen. Well, I've seen variations, but do a 2D or 2.5D fighting game that features all types of horror icons and monsters. So anything from like the Universal Classics all the way up to, you know, modern day monsters. Uh, the best example I've seen of this actually done is was the independent game that you can download for free called Terror Drome. They actually did a really good job, and it's the graphics are more like the Mortal Kombat style with the, you know, the digitized layovers, and it's a pretty well done game. I just would like, you know, to see a major studio behind it. One of the better examples, more recently, of a bigger studio doing something like this is Mortal Kombat 10, or, or you could technically go nine because they had Freddy Krueger. But when they released that pack with the Alien and the Predator and Jason, you know. That was so awesome, and that was one of the times I was willing to buy a DLC pack and gladly pay the money, and I enjoyed the shit out of that. So, I don't know. I would just love to see, like, classic Dracula fighting, you know, a modern-day vampire. So, yeah, that that would definitely be mine. Yeah, and mine would be, yeah, I'm not going to be that creative at all. If I had the money to, I'd start my own production company. I'd get all the people from the original Sonic team who were, were not even Sonic team, but from Sega who worked on Streets of Rage, and I would have a legit Streets of Rage 4 be made. Even throwing people from the remake. So that would be my dream game. So you really just... <laughs> so so instead of like THQ, it would be Jim <laughs> HQ Studios. That would be the game I'd make. <laughs> well, let me ask you. I mean, with, the, with Streets of Rage, obviously we both loved it, but... Haven't there been enough fighting games to kind of like what? What is it you're looking for in terms of like? Because they did Streets of Rage three, which I think we both agree isn't as good as two. Um, is it more just a matter of the style of the music? Because obviously the gameplay mechanics have been done since then. Not as well though. It's over, just not called Streets of Rage. I don't know, man. I think there's some very good beat em ups that you just haven't tried. Like, I mean, I know some people out there like Double Dragon Neon, and, like, what's a good, more recent beat-em-up that you've played? Probably one of the best ones, and I, I told you about this game, I don't know if you ever actually tried it, was the um, Charlie Murray. No, I didn't get a chance to play that, but I did see you playing that. So, so that game, that studio, Ska, I think they're called Ska Studio, they, they've made a couple of them, and they actually have one for PS4 called Salt yep. and Sanctuary. That is a highly stylized game that has super tight controls, crazy uh, character differences, a pretty cool soundtrack, and just 
you know you especially being a musician you would appreciate the fact it's like it's composed of a band so you got the drummer and his special is like all these drums like you know start banging up and you know basically nuke the entire stage so it's actually it's really fun and probably my favorite modern 2d and you know it's actually a good one so that's one you should definitely uh, try. The Scott Pilgrim game that came out when uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That was actually really good from what I remember. I think it lost its license and it got taken down from yeah. all the uh, like PSN and Xbox Live Arcade and shit like that. But again, that can go back to the digital thing. Yeah, and if you like that, this wasn't far off. This was, I think, I don't I want to say it was built on the same engine, but it was similar okay. to that. So if you like that, I think you would really like right, I'll give that a shot one. then the uh you know charlie murder but no that, that that's definitely interesting <laughs> last question round out the podcast from our buddy kit once again thank you kit flash-based browser games which ones like do you remember from back in the day when Ooh. you could play a ton of games off flash or shockwave load them up off new grounds or e-bombs world what are the ones that really stick out to you oh right away i i'd have to either go with in high school, it was the just this straight up breakout, um, but it was modified. Um, or I have to, <laughs> I'd have to go with Monkey. Lander. I was going to say Monkey Lander too. Me too much. Yeah, that game. For those of you who might not know it, because I don't know how actually popular it was, I'll put a little video clip right here if I can find any. Um, just like every, you know browser-based flash game it was so goddamn addictive and it was so goofy looking but god damn did we spend so much time playing this yeah thing. we did so yeah that would definitely be my uh when i think about those that's what i'm going with yeah i played a shitload of like random tower defense games or even like vertically scrolling shooters shit like that none of them i can remember the names of and depending on the day i'll just go through new grounds and Oh, here's a new game, and I'd pick on it, man. Give it a whirl, and some of them were actually pretty damn fun. Yeah. I actually remember uh, fucking back in high school. There was this like looking back, it was like this awful, like almost timing based, but like just click a button to say punch or kick, like a Dragon Ball Z game. But I put hours into that thing, <laughs> and like basically when you won, you would beat the Ginyu Force. So yeah, it was pretty early in the run, but. Yeah, I played the living shit out of Flash games, especially since I had a Mac, as I talked about before, and didn't have too many games to go with on there, so I took what I could get. <laughs> Don't you awe me. Nah, I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> I know, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, Flash-based games. Um, one thing I will say, actually, that I find very useful sometimes, um, for games that, I'm trying to think of the system, and I can't even remember, it's one of the more obscure, goofy ones, but I was, I was looking for one of the first horror games, it was called 3D Monster Maze, so, you know, sorry, I can't remember what it, what system it was on, but I found it very useful for some of those sites that do the flash-based 
you know emulation and have the system so you can actually just play it on there versus downloading an emulator then the rom for it so i find it useful for systems like that and even atari games like if you don't want to emulate them or you don't have it or you don't have a flashback uh, i found some that are pretty goddamn impressive and perfect and and as far as how they emulate and the look and you know it's uh it's been pretty useful for that, so I, I like seeing things like that. Yeah, or you also have, like, when Google will randomly make um, Google Maps turn into Pac-Man, that, like, once or twice out of a year that they'll do that. So, yeah, that's always a cool little thing. And Snarkast chimes in with Elf Bowling, which that was actually a surprisingly popular in the late night, mid, like, mid to late 90s. Oh, yeah. Fucking everyone was playing that. Yeah. Well, that and the, uh, what was it, the penguin toss? Oh, yeah. almost forgot about that one. I, I like I like that one, too. Yeah. In between looking up booby pictures, I was playing a lot of penguin toss. And another one he says is bulimic blowdown, which I have never heard of, but I might look up now no. after a name like that. <laughs> God damn it, Joe. But, yeah, yeah. that's about all no, we got. Thanks, Kit. We appreciate that. No, so I think it's pretty solid. So, Jim, uh, how skunked were your beers? Not as skunked as I was expecting, but they weren't exactly pleasant. But, yeah, it's Coors Light. What are you, yeah, you going to do? And as far as this voodoo hoodoo, um, obviously because I was playing this goddamn game, I didn't have a chance to drink as much as I want, so I'm finishing it up right now. It The... I don't know what the IBUs because they're not on the bottle is, but this thing is definitely hoppy. It's good, um, but like most IPAs, it doesn't. I wouldn't say it really stands out from the crowd. Uh, it has a little bit more flavor than most IPAs I've tried recently. Um, but yeah, if you're not a real IBA, I, IPA fan, this is one you can probably avoid. Uh, Voodoo has a lot better quality stuff out there than this. All right, so, I'll stick away from it. Thank then. you guys once again for all of your, you know, obviously all your questions to us for tuning in on Twitch. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks again. And as always, guys, cheers. Cheers, guys.